Long ago, when the pyramids were still young, Egyptian kings played a game of great and terrible power. But these shadow games erupted into a war that threatened to destroy the entire world, until a brave and powerful pharaoh locked the magic away, imprisoning it within the mystical Millennium Items. Now, 5,000 years later, a boy named Yugi unlocks the secret of the Millennium Puzzle. He is infused with ancient magical energies, for destiny has chosen him to defend the world from the return of the Shadow Games, just as the brave Pharaoh did 5,000 years ago. Chicago, where there might be noise in the background from my neighbors. I'm Nora. I'm joined by Olivia. Yu-Gi-Oh! Yu-Gi-Oh! Fuck yeah, man. You yo yo yo. We fucking okay. When did we start this shit? When did we start this shit? I don't subscribe to Attention Duelists on my podcast app. Hold on. Uh, Attention Duelists episode lists. Well, Grandma Tricks came out um, a while ago. No, that's not the first episode of this podcast this podcast okay nine months ago nine months ago and now we're finally watching fucking Yu-Gi-Oh. well yeah because you that's the the amount of time it takes uh to create a yugi it's nine months God, we've... shut the fuck up anyway <laughs> like the fr- season zero was like and eh, it wasn't like terrible but it was like a little bad it wasn't terrible most of the time but then I watched these episodes, and it just hit me like a warm fucking blanket. It was like, oh, we're doing a Yu-Gi-Oh! podcast. We're fucking here. Let's fucking go. Yu-Gi-Oh, baby. Go. Yu-Gi-Oh! Yu-Gi-Oh! Hey, you remember that time that bully uh, from the old show stole the Millennium Puzzle piece? <laughs> that was you, Joey. <laughs> oh, you're right. <laughs> uh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Let's... I should pull up the summaries like I used to do back in the day. Yeah, yeah. Let's, uh, let's just get what happens in these episodes out of the way. Yeah, let me just 
list of Yu-Gi-Oh episodes. I honestly forgot that he screams Yu-Gi-Oh in the dub when he transforms. <laughs> uh, Yu-Gi-Oh Duel Monsters episode list. I don't get any summaries. Okay, so episode one. It is a really, it is like basically a re-adaptation of Yugi meeting Kaiba in season zero. Like, Yugi is a young man, he goes to school, Miho has been erased from history, she gave up her life to reset the timeline, um, so nobody remembers her. Uh, but Yugi is getting his friends into Duel Monsters, which is the hot new card game everyone loves. He wants to take them to his grandpa's shop to show them his grandpa's super rare card. Kaiba, who's <laughs> like the local dickhead, overhears, <laughs> goes to the shop. Rare card? Yeah, it's a blue-eyes white dragon. He wants it. Grandpa won't give it away because it's his friend's special card. Kaiba uh, kidnaps his, <laughs> Yugi's grandpa and makes him duel him. Yugi goes to rescue his grandpa. Kaiba rips up his grandpa's blue eyes. Yugi goes, I'll teach you respect, you rich piece of shit. And then summons Exodia on him and then breaks his brain. That's episode one. He opens his mind. He opens his mind. Um, this episode... You gotta hand it to little Karibo. He basically nailed it. <laughs> That's the, so true. It's basically the same episode. <laughs> this is like, cause like, this episode is so weird. The pacing, the cuts, just like, it moves at such a breakneck pace that really the abridged series episode is not different. It's not a different experience at all. It's just a shorter version of the same episode. Um, literally, Kaiba overhears them talking about a rare card and thinks, oh, I should check that out. That's literally what happens. <laughs> and, um, he does, he doesn't say super special awesome, but he does say, like, Grandpa, can we see your super rare card or whatever? Like, he, he does have yeah. a lot of adjectives on there he does i think he says something like you're super he maybe he may say you're super rare comma special card that might be true um yeah i i have found summaries on yugipedia uh also uh taya literally goes like here everybody put your hands in i'll draw a friendship symbol on, on us so we can all be Ain't together this <laughs> Uh, here, okay, here's the one thing little Karibo didn't get, is he cannot do a woman's voice. <laughs> so, Taya's just about the only thing in this episode that is a surprise. Yes, Taya's voice is like, oh, and Serenity. <laughs> yeah. In the next episode. Uh, yeah. Uh, wow, the summary on this episode is long on Yugipedia. Yeah, let's not read, going... let's not read Wikipedia summaries. Well, no, it's Yugipedia. Let's not read Yugipedia summaries, you fucking pedant. I just want to let you know uh-huh. that this is almost three thousand words. Does it give you like a play-by-play breakdown of the of the duel? Well, here's a little, just a little sample. 
Kaiba starts his turn and uses Sagi to attack and destroy Yugi's face-down monster, which turns out to be Sangen. Joey tells Yugi to hang in there as Kaiba continues to destroy more of his monsters, including Battlesteer and Torike. This is two sentences out of this huge page. Yeah. But at the bottom it does say, uh, it does have a turn-by-turn breakdown after the huge summary. Here's the thing. Yeah. In this episode... (laughs) They have mm-hmm. not, like, crystallized the duo monsters rules because Sangin does not have an effect when, in the actual game, Sangin has one of the most powerful effects in the game. What was that? What would that be? Or at least at the, at the time. When, when Sangin gets flipped, it has a flip effect where you can... Or maybe it's a destroyed effect? It's but when it's, it's sent it's a to, to, from the field to the graveyard, select one monster with attack of... 1500 or less from your deck show it to your opponent and add it to your hand and shuffle your deck yeah that's crazy powerful that's just really powerful i don't know enough about Yu-Gi-Oh to understand why that's good yeah okay so. so just card games in general like randomness is the balancing factor for any card game right and card randomness and card advantage you don't know what cards you're going to get and playing a card means you don't have that card <laughs> If you need it again. So Sangen mm. is a creature, is a card that replaces itself in your hand. And then you get an, inc- like, you get so much choice. You literally just get to choose any monster that fits that one criteria. And there are so many, like, Yu-Gi-Oh! monsters with less than 1500 attack that would be great to have in your hand. Hmm. I, I'm pretty sure there's, like, Sangen probably fits in, like, like... I don't really know what modern Yu-Gi-Oh is like, but Sangen probably fits in, like, 80% of decks. Like, it's just hmm. really, like, it might even be banned, but it's just really good. <laughs> um, but yeah. I'm learning. It, 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 like, the portrayal of, of the card game is still at the, like, oh, we're just summoning big monsters. Um, oh, uh, Occasionally Reddit we is... use a magic card. <laughs> Reddit is pointing out that Sangin can be used to Exodia fish, and that's why it's bad. Yeah, yeah, that's the other thing, is, like, Yugi could use it to draw a piece of Exodia, but he doesn't. Um, yeah. There are some great lines in this episode, like when Kaiba uses a magic card on Sagi the Dark Clown, and Yugi goes, mm-hmm. combining his monster and magic cards, he does know this game! <laughs> uh, just some very funny, um lines about the relative skill of players involved when they're making incredibly basic moves well this is coming after you know joey has nothing but monsters in his deck no the this is after that's after that's in episode three i think oh yeah well regardless also they don't tribute summon kaiba does just summon the dragons and yugi does just summon dark magician i don't know what a tribute summon is so when when normal monsters have a level that is over five you have to tribute you have to like sacrifice monsters that are already on your field to summon them Hmm. it was uh i think it's for five for monsters level five to six it was one tribute and for monsters like seven to nine it was two and then i think nine and above was like three um, this was one of the first like advanced summoning mechanisms in Yu-Gi-Oh, uh, which just doesn't happen in this game, uh, in the duel that we see. So it's just like, 
the cards technically exist, but the, you know, we're not there yet in the show. Um, mm-hmm. And we aren't really there in the Pegasus duel that we see later. So I'm interested to see, like, how the rules are going to come in. Because we know at some if point... They, if they do. We know at some point the giant soldier of stone is going to attack the moon. Or you're, they're going to attack the gravitation ring on a field card. Uh, that's actually a monster. The castle. Uh, Isn't the it dark a castle. field card? No, or a it, spell card or something. No, it's a monster card that in that duel acts like a field effect. <laughs> yeah, so I, I want to keep an eye on like the portrayal of the game. Because mm-hmm. we were talking when we were playing, when we were reading, reading, watching, that's the word, the original Yu-Gi-Oh! about how like these combats would be a lot better if we had rules to like structure them (laughs) and we're sort of there but we're not there you know we have the 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 veneer of rules Mm -hmm. uh but if you yeah that's uh episode one basically exactly how little karibo told us Mm -hmm. uh episode two um Yugi, okay, so having been inspired by Yugi, Joey wants to become really good at Yu-Gi-Oh! So he enters like a Karate Kid-ass training montage under Yugi's grandpa. Um, And while he and also Tristan and Taya are over at Yugi's house one day, Yugi gets a mysterious package uh, from the company that makes dual monsters. And it when he opens it up, it is a glove with some like stars that can go that can be embedded into the glove and a videotape. And when he puts the videotape in, uh Pegasus comes up on the screen. You all know Pegasus. <laughs> he's like the, mm. He's not that gay in this uh in this episode. I assume he'll get gayer. <laughs> um and also straighter, because he'll be confirmed to have a wife, but... I I'll, I will play you the Pegasus voice actor song from <laughs> Songs to Duel By, and oh, you'll boy. be like, oh. So, yeah, and so... Oh, incredible fuck! This line made me laugh out loud. So the Pegasus videotape... Is basically like, ooh, I heard you fought Kaiba and won. I'm impressed. I'm going to challenge you to a duel right now. And Joey goes like, duel him with a videotape? That's crazy. And then the videotape goes, no, it's magic. And then his eye lights up. And they get like sucked into the magic space where he can do a real Pegasus. It's so fucking funny. I just started oh, it's laughing. Incredible. I just started laughing. The dub rules so much. Uh, so but yeah. Also, mm-hmm. I uh, this reminded me of the part. I think this might happen multiple times, mm-hmm. where Lelouch from Code Geass plays chess with somebody as a recording and predicting all of their moves. I do think, yeah, this definitely happens at least once in Code Geass. Uh, just saying, like uh, you know, great minds think alike. Lelouch and Pegasus are the same guy. <laughs> Fundamentally, Pegasus is a more unburdened Lelouch. Gay, weird eye, doing schemes. Has their own island. In Lelouch's case, the island is Japan. 
Pegasus knows that he's gay, though. Yeah. This is the key. So Yugi can't beat Pegasus because Pegasus has uh, the Millennium Eye and he gives Yugi the whole rundown um, (laughs) of like, he gives Yugi the exposition dump of what the Millennium items are, which until this episode, you don't get. (laughs) Like the Millennium Uh Puzzle, Yugi transforms using the Millennium Puzzle in the first episode. It's completely unexplained. Um, but, and so Pegasus basically says, like, you know, uh, I didn't make dual monsters. It's a copy of a game that ancient Egyptian pharaohs used to play to, like, decide political disputes, and it used real monsters and real magic. And it almost destroyed the world, but it was sealed away, and, like, the only remnants of it are these cards and the the Millennium Items, and you have one, and I have one, and mine lets me, like, read your mind. So Yugi can't beat Pegasus, and uh, there's this, like, time... Well, he almost can. There's a 15-minute time limit, and Yugi is, like, almost able to win, but he runs out of time. So Pegasus just sucks out his grandpa's soul and goes, like, oh, join my duel tournament if you want to get that back, by the way. Peace. <laughs> and then, like, leaves. Um, and that's the end of episode two. Yugi's got to go to the tournament to save his grandpa. Pegasus wants the uh, Millennium Items for some reason. Yeah. Um. <laughs> I had something to say. I don't remember what. Mm-hmm. Uh, Yugi pulls out the fighting game classic. Uh, which is that my opponent can't read me if I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> he does just slam the card down, which is not a viable strategy in Yu-Gi-Oh! Because you do not know whether your cards are going to be usable in the slot that you put them in if you can't look at them. I think the intent is to just get it played and then go with whatever it is. Not, like, never look at the card. Because as long as he doesn't look at what card he's playing, Pegasus won't know what he's about to do. Mm. Makes you think. Yeah, it makes you think. Um, um, the thing is that, like, you wouldn't actually have that much of an advantage knowing what your opponent is going to play, like, in this turn. Like, the advantage is looking at your opponent's hand and going like, oh, he probably wants to play this card in four turns, so I can, like, screw him over if I make these moves on this turn. But it's very much portrayed like, Pegasus knows what Yugi is going to play right now, and thus he can counter it. Um, but-, but he could also counter, if he has a ability to counter it, he can also counter it as it's happening because that's how the card game works. Yeah, it's it's a funny it's a funny power. Um, and when he <laughs> duels, uh, when he duels other when he duels other people later in the series, I hope this gets portrayed a little better because it's not that intimidating right now. <laughs> oh, this uh, episode we also see uh, Rex Raptor and Weevil Underwood, <laughs> <laughs> who again. <laughs> little Karibo. Just that's what those guys are. Um, that's right. Joey Weevil is Underwood. Joey is so like c- convinced in every scene that Rex is in that dinosaurs are the strongest monster possible. They're big. 
He, he says like dueling dinos, crushing dinos, something something dinos, and he's always like, <laughs> dinos can't lose to bugs, and then that's exactly what happens <laughs> at the tournament. Guess why? Uh, it's because Weevil uses a magic card. <laughs> um, spell card? It's spell card. Spell card. Mm-hmm. To upgrade his insect and make it better. It's literally called basic insect. Which is so funny. <laughs> um, also really funny is when Rex summons his like two-headed king something. And the announcer goes, whoa, that's Rex's strongest card. It, do you want to guess how much attack that card has? 1800 1400 1400 <laughs> it's it's mm. less it's less strong than celtic guardian hmm or maybe you mean it's disgruntled celtic guardian maybe it's equally uh celtic guardian it might be equally as strong i can't remember whether celtic guardian has 1500 attack or 1400 well two-headed king rex has 1600 okay so he's not as strong as the Celtic Guardian. Or wait, he's the Celtic Guardian is not as strong as him. But it's not a very strong yes. monster overall. There are there are level it's there are level four monsters with like two thousand attack. We will see the Celtic Guardian every episode. In the opening. Oh yeah, we and we also get Celtic Guardian being played in this episode, right? Uh, yes. Uh, in the final round, he's got Celtic Guardian, uh, which Pegasus destroys by taking uh, Yugi's Dark Magician. Rip. Rip to Dark Magician. I love how the Dark Magi- Magician Yugi's singular card has so far been portrayed as sort of a mixed bag. <laughs> um... He he honestly he's in his first appearance he is not as strong as a blue eyes and then like gets taken over by Pegasus and is more of a pain to Yugi than and a help. Uh, but you'll get there, Dark Magician. Soon he'll soon if Yugi has anything, he will have a Dark Magician based deck. But I think yeah. I think Yugi's deck is basically always going to be kind of like a hodgepodge of cards. Yeah. And, um, um and soon, Dark Magician will have a whole cadre of blank magician blanks. Mm-hmm. Like Dark Magician Girl, or mag- Illusionist Magician, mm-hmm. whatever that one that's just um, Marik Ishtar. <laughs> yeah. Femme. Yeah, you're really into a uh, trans girl Marik Ishtar card, huh? <laughs> it's like the fifth time There's that's others. come up. It's not. This is the first episode. <laughs> Off podcast. This would be the second time. So, episode three. Uh, Yugi uh, is preparing to go to the Duelist Kingdom tournament. All of his friends are like, that's pretty fucked that he stole your grandpa's soul. And Yugi goes, yeah, that's why I have to go to his dumb tournament. Um, Joey is like, damn, I wish I could go to the tournament with you, man. Um Tristan is like, hey, did you know that the prize for the tournament is $3 million? And Joey's like, holy shit, I need $3 million. And then we see we see Joey get a videotape from his little sister, Serenity. Uh, and Serenity pulls that uh, 
Serenity pulls that gag from Arrested Development where the doctor always said something that sounded way more ominous than the truth. Because <laughs> uh, she goes like, I'm sending you this videotape because I wanted, you know, because we were separated when we were younger. But I, you know, I wanted you to see me. And I wish I could see you one last time. It looks like I'm running out of time. Which she means is that she's going to go blind. <laughs> the doctor says I'm running out of time. <sighs> She makes it sound like she's dying. Joey will later clarify that she has, like, some kind of chronic condition that's impacting her sight. And she's going to need, like, a specialty operation um, in order to, like, save her sight. Uh, But she she is running out of time to have that operation before her, like, sight loss becomes permanent. So Joey wants to enter the tournament to, you know, win the prize money. And uh, save his sister. So that's Joey's motivation. Uh, they have to get to Duelist Kingdom by riding on a cruise ship. Yugi gives one of his one of those stars that go in his glove. Uh, those are like the entry things, and he has two of them, so he gives one of them to Joey, uh, so Joey can join. And that's going to put them at a, them both at a disadvantage because usually everyone starts with two, but you know they're just such good friends. Uh, <laughs> No stars for Taya and Tristan. They have to fucking stow away on the cruise ship. It's also important because if you run out of stars, you're out. Yeah. So you... having two is a big power play because you can you can wager one and still like have a chance. Yeah, yeah. By by splitting his two, Yugi and Joey are both in like sudden death mode. <laughs> I have a question. What's up? Why do they both need to enter? Yugi wants his grandpa's soul back, and Joey wants the prize winnings. Mm -hmm. But it's not like Yugi's not gonna get the money if he wins. There's, He could just win it and give the money to Joey and keep the grandpa's soul. I think the idea... Okay, I think the unspoken idea here is that if Joey wins, he will free he will free Yugi's grandpa's soul, and if Yugi wins, he will give Joey the money. So that like But why not both? What do you mean? D- do you only get one reward? No, I mean like it, they're both entering because if one of them wins, then both of them get what they want either way. Yeah. And also just, they're friends. They're teaming up to like go to the bad guys you, island to fight together you, as friends. You know this is this is going to end with both of them having to duel each other for the tournament. Nora, you need to accept the rules of storytelling, okay? <laughs> I think they literally say in this episode, may the best man win. Like, I think this is acknowledged oh, that they might what? have to fight each other. But you know, Joey doesn't want Yugi to go alone. Look, Yugi's gonna be fine. He's got Exodia. Well, about that. <gasps> so on the boat, they run into some uh, Duelist Kingdom competitors, uh, including uh, Weevil Underwood and Rex Raptor. Uh, Weevil says right next to Rex Raptor that he won the tournament, but it was no big deal, and it was actually kind of mid because neither Kaiba nor Yugi were there. <laughs> I um, think that the two of them are just like. They must be married, right? <laughs> uh, they have the reverse of a restraining order where they can't go like more than 50 <laughs> meters apart from each other. 
by court they, order. They have a restraining order, but they're restrained to each other. Yeah, yeah, for everyone else's safety. Um, because we see Weevil alone for like five minutes in this episode and bad shit goes down. And we see Rex alone for five minutes and he gets fucking taken for a ride. Weevil would never have let him do that. Yeah, Weevil would have been like, now nah, dude, now nah, dude, she's playing you. <laughs> she's playing you, dude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, so real quick, um, everybody has to sleep in like communal bedrooms unless they're like... Uh, championship qualifiers, in which case they have private rooms. Now, the communal bedrooms thing is not going to fly for my Valentine, noted hot girl of this series. So she hits on Rex Raptor and then hustle duels him out of his room. Is... Uh, I have a question. What's up? How old is my Valentine? Hot lady age. I just is is she a milf? Uh, you know what? I'm doing some googling. Can you vamp for me? Yeah. Um. <clears throat> the other day, I saw a picture of a pancake that had a swirly pattern on it, like uh, the back of a Yu-Gi-Oh card. That oh man! Ooh, funny. my Valentine extremely canceled. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean? My Valentine age uh, twenty four. Rex Raptor's age fifteen. Ooh. Ooh. I thought she was older. I didn't know how much older. <laughs> like I said, she's like hot. She's hot girl age. <laughs> so, so yeah, she, she hits on Rex Raptor and then says like, hey, you got a nice uh, private room. It, let's duel. Um, and because this is like an American cartoon dub, <laughs> the most they're allowed to say, she goes like, if you win, I'll give you a kiss. And Rex is like, sick. I'll risk my lodgings for however long this trip is. It seems to be only a day, to be fair. Yeah, it's like one night. Yeah. Um, and obviously he loses and gets kicked out. But Weevil uh, kind of hangs out with Yugi until he gets a chance to see Yugi's Exodia. Because Exodia is such a rare card, you know. He just wants to see it. And then he immediately throws it overboard. Well, he does a monologue. He does a monologue? I've been trying to find a way to counter these cards, and I think I finally got it. And then he turns around and throws them off the boat. <sighs> Queen bitch moves, honestly. <laughs> we love Weevil. <laughs> we know that, uh, just as an addition, we know that this is only one night, because the sun, in another few hours the sun will rise. Yeah, that's another one we gotta give to little Karibo. He does just say that. <laughs> As though it is a gotcha to Taya saying, I'm freezing to death because we're out here in the dark in the middle of the night on a boat deck. In another few hours, the sun will rise. <laughs> Has his voice changed already? Or when does <clears throat> the voice change? No, that's definitely when they're on the island. Yeah. Also, uh, apparently, my Valentine's voice changes halfway through the series. Huh. So we only get a hundred and some hundred and forty four episodes with this voice actor. Hmm. So yeah, um, uh, Joey jumps into the ocean to try to save Exodia, uh, but he can only get a few of the pieces. Um, and then you get this one line where when he when Yugi goes in to save Joey because Joey starts like drowning, um, and they get back up to the boat. Joey's like, "I'm sorry, I couldn't save Exodia." And Yugi goes, it's fine, it's fine, Joey. And Joey goes, no, it's not fine. I've never been a help to anybody in my life. 
Which... I need to interrupt you because I just found out who voices Tristan for the first ten episodes. Oh fuck. It's gonna be cursed. It's the fucking it? It's the fucking critical role blackface guy. Fuck! I thought you were gonna say <laughs> Matt Mercer. Somehow? No! <laughs> it's Sam Regal for 10 episodes, and then Greg Abbey for the remaining 214 episodes. God, it's the fucking critical role blackface guy. <clears throat> yeah. Yikes. <sighs> he also voices the character in 5Ds, Zexel, and Duel Links. Okay. Oh my god, he pl- he plays Rex Raptor for 145 episodes. <laughs> Wait, so they just kick him off of Tristan? They're like, we're paying you too much fucking yeah. money. He's replaced by Greg Abbey, who I don't know from anything else, but he bo- he does voice a lot of Yu-Gi-Oh characters. Damon in GX, Yusei Fudo in 5Ds. Oh, he's the you- guy in 5Ds. <clears throat> <laughs> Reprises his roles as Tristan and Yusei in Duel Links. Sure. Yeah, Duel Links is just like one of the video games. Oh, okay. But yeah, um, he's also one of the Paradox Brothers. <laughs> and God. A, and an OC, a Duel Links OC called Arcana. Okay. So I did yeah. not realize that Sam Regal was such a Yu-Gi-Oh head. Yeah. So fucking... Um... So, you know, Exodia's gone, but Joey did not die in the ocean. So all the friends right. meet up the next day, and they're going to go to Duelist Kingdom and uh, fight in a tournament for real. And that's kind of the introductory bit of Yu-Gi-Oh! <clears throat> uh, yeah. Like I said, I, lo- I love this shit. The dub was just like, it was so fun. It was like a blast from the past. This week is when it really hit me like, oh, we're doing a Yu-Gi-Oh! podcast, baby. Also, like, I've watched other dubs of this era that are way worse, and this one is just, like, mostly good. Yeah, it's, like, not bad. Um, um, I th- they, don't, I, it, I, they don't do the thing with some kids' animes where they try to fill every moment with a, a new joke or some other chatter. They do do a thing where if a character's on screen, they have to make some kind of noise. Which is funny in a few points <laughs> when they go to what's supposed to be like a silent reaction shot with like a musical sting, but they have the voice have to go, uh-huh. <laughs> uh, we also have, uh, we see someone on the boat. Oh, yeah. Bakura watch. Bakura has been in these other episodes just kind of watching stuff and not ever seeing his face or like him saying anything. Yeah, he's in the first episode, I think just pictured. And then in the second episode, I think he gets, like, one mention. And then in the third, Taya sees him on the boat while she's hiding with Tristan. He goes, isn't that Bokora? <laughs> like, okay. So this is, like, this is, like, a continuation from... Is this a direct continuation from first season Yu-Gi-Oh? I don't think so, right? Because Kaiba's at their school. What I want to know is, did yeah, Bakura Ka- trap them in a tabletop RPG? <laughs> In this continuity. Um. I'm assuming. No. I'm assuming he w- he didn't. Because at the end of original season Yu-Gi-Oh! Bakura was like in the friend group. So yeah. if he. If it was like that. It would be weird that they wouldn't like go up to him. You know. 
Also, they dealt think... with the Millennium Necklace. Yeah. In, uh, in the original. I think it's just... I don't think... I'm looking at, like, the, the Bakura page just to see. Mm-hmm. But um, there's basically no backstory before his appearance in Duelist Kingdom. Yeah. So... So I think it's, like, ne- I, nebulously... I think it's a new... I think the anime is a new continuity. I believe mm-hmm. the manga is just, like, a straight continuation. <laughs> but I think the anime is a new continuity. And, like, the flashbacks... Like, Yugi and Joey reminiscing about, like, how they became friends. Like, we're just supposed to accept what they said as the backstory. But, like, nothing else from original Yu-Gi-Oh! happened. It's it's Disney canon rules. Yeah. The things that are brought up are still canon. Anything else is assumed not. Yeah. Like, JoJo is in this one. Who? The the giant man who goes to their school. Oh, yeah. Who looks like a JoJo guy. He's gotten bigger. <laughs> he got bigger. He got bigger. They have to pan. He's so big. <clears throat> they have to pan down his body to show how big he is. Yeah, that dude's huge. Uh, they, it says, Yugi says that they got him expelled. For beating up the <laughs> Joey and Tristan, um, I don't remember. To the Shadow Realm. I don't remember what happened in uh, in the original manga, but it's just very funny. Yugi Slimer, he goes, "Thank God we got that doofus expelled." <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, Yu Gi Oh. I'm like really excited. Some people excited. have some questions for us about Yu Gi Oh. Yeah, send me some questions about Yu Gi Oh. <clears throat> I'm just going to open up the questions. Uh, where would people send questions if they had them for this show? Uh, so if you have any questions about the episodes of Yu-Gi-Oh! we're watching, Yu-Gi-Oh! in general, or if you want to ask me advice about how to talk to girls, you can send your emails to weartheemail at gmail.com. Do you, can I get some advice on how to talk to girls? Yeah, girls love it when you talk about gotcha games. You do love that. Yeah. No, girls love that as a gender. <clears throat> so just like... I don't know about that. So just go up to her. It works for me 100% of this time. Just go up to her and ask her what gotcha game she plays. And then just talk to her about the gotcha games. This works every time. I thought we had two emails. But that might have been a... <clears throat> I don't know. I, I thought there was a second one here. But I don't see it. Did we get any Twitter uh... questions? No, we did not. No. All right. Crystal asks, what is each Yu-Gi-Oh character's Chipotle order? This is Crystal's... Oh, wait. I think we told Crystal to send this to us when we were doing Duelist Kingdom. <laughs> hmm. Okay. All right. We're just, let's just do... For now, let's just do, like, the, the main squad, right? The main four. I, okay. I think I think Taya is like a bean burrito bowl kind of girl. She just has like, she just has like black beans and like brown rice, and she's just. Vibing. I think that Joey gets a cheese quesadilla. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah, um, just cheese. <laughs> I think I think Tristan wants Tristan wants a burrito, and I think he just kind of stuffs it with everything, you know. <laughs> like he just loves everything. He's like, "Oh, I gotta get my pinto beans. Oh, I gotta have, I gotta have cheese and sour cream." And then they're like, "Do you want guac?" And he's like, "Yeah, I want guac." 
I think that Yugi and Yami Yugi have the same order, except for uh, what salsa they put in. Oh. I think Yugi has a hotter salsa than Yami. <laughs> Hell yeah. Uh, and Yami's, like, defensive Yugi, about I can't it. stand that stuff. It hurts my tongue. <laughs> okay. A brief word to say about the transformation. Again, mm. unclear how much of the... Tra- <laughs> Unclear whether people see the part where he glows and screams Yu-Gi-Oh, <laughs> but we know that there is some kind of physical difference because when he transforms in the first episode, Kaiba's like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> oh, but also, his friends, Yugi's friends, are aware of the Millennium Puzzle and aware that it has some kind of power because when they're like telling him to fight Kaiba, Joey says, "You're the best duelist I know, and you've got the Millennium Puzzle on your side," implying that he is aware that the Millennium Puzzle has some kind of power that Yugi is able to use. Oh, and Yugi is fully cognizant of it too because he triggers the transformation. I I think that maybe the reason that this is weird could be a case of the people I don't I I guess I would have to see the original like Japanese version mm-hmm. to prove this but it I could see this being a case of people doing the dub knowing that mm. and just, like, talking about it in the dub. Mm. But also, maybe that's completely baseless. Well, where they were at, where they were at in the end of season zero was, like, everyone knew about the puzzle. They knew it had some kind of power and that there was, like, another Yugi inside the puzzle. And they were fully separate beings. However... Mm-hmm. Yugi in this show seems aware of everything that Yam that like Yami Yugi does. He doesn't seem to lose his memories, you know? Right. Um But also we're going to have an episode later where Taya and the Pharaoh go on a date? Yeah. Which 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 if I remember correctly, is it we're also going to see in that show in that episode Yugi tricking the Pharaoh into going on the date <laughs> by pretending that he's going to go on the date and then giving the Pharaoh control of his body and refusing to take it back. So <laughs> that's gonna be fascinating. Yeah. We're we're watching I'm... we're watching the supernatural physics of the situation. <laughs> like at, I'm really curious as to at what point is like, how is the characterization of Yami Yugi going to change? That's, uh, well, because C- I we already have some clues about that because he's no longer, uh, how would you describe him? He's he's no longer much, sicko's mode. <laughs> he's no longer sicko mode, but he's also like <clears throat> way more like macho. Yeah. Now. Um, another incredible line from the first episode. Is when Kaiba's like, how could I lose to someone like you? And Yugi goes, Yami Yugi goes like, if you want to know that, then open your mind! And like crushes him. Just the mind crush (laughs) thing. Um, You also do get, my grandpa's deck has no pathetic cards, Kaiba. A lot of Kaiba... Except maybe for Karima. (laughs) A lot of Kaiba animosity 
in this in that first episode. Mm-hmm. Like people want Yugi to beat Kaiba into the dirt. <laughs> He's rich. Uh, yeah. This is fun. What's he doing at school? He has a company to run. <laughs> what is he doing at school? Reading. He's just what reading. What book do you think he's reading? He's reading at lunch break like a fucking loser. What what book do you think that is? Um He's probably reading Nietzsche. I was going to say the Yu-Gi-Oh manga, but yours is better. Uh, I have green <laughs> hair in this. Fucked up. Oh, this is weird. Who's it's like real life, but they've added a girl. <laughs> what? Rip Mio. Fucking Rip Mio. <laughs> she, she sacrificed... Okay. I'm convinced that between oh, series, there was some sort of cataclysmic event, and Miho had to sacrifice <laughs> herself to restore the timeline, like in Madoka. But she's not in the manga either, because in the manga, she was a one-off character in one chapter. Yeah, that was the cataclysmic event. It was the the discontinuity between the anime and the manga, and she had to sacrifice herself. Damn, she had to tassel off Burfoot herself. You know I don't know what the fuck Dragon... You know I don't know (laughs) Dragon Lance. Rude of you to make a Dragon Lance reference, honestly. There's a whole trilogy... And I'm not oh, reading it. It only happens because Tasselhoff Burfoot doesn't die when and where he's supposed to. And so he has to go back in time eventually to die at the right spot in order to make sure that the timelines are okay. And that doesn't mean that everyone gets to go to the new timeline. Like, the good timeline exists out there somewhere. We're still stuck here. The POV of this, like, franchise, of the setting of Dragonlance, continues along this shitty timeline. <laughs> but we know that we did save the good timeline out there somewhere that we can't access. I'd be so pissed if my friend had to go die to make the good timeline <laughs> and I didn't even get to go. <laughs> I'd be like, fuck, man. Yeah, and this, <laughs> he's like, hey, Palin, in the, in the good timeline, your hands aren't all fucked up. You're really good at magic. And he's like, damn, I wish my hands weren't all fucked up so I could be good at magic. <sighs> Alright, anything else about Yu-Gi-Oh? No, but I have more to say about Raceland Magier. Okay, so where can you people find you online, Nora? You can find me on Twitter at neither Nora. Find stuff I've done at norablake.online. How about you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Great Grebe, which is a type of bird. You can find a pinned tweet there to uh, my other podcasts. We're coming out with a kind of anniversary look back episode of Do Not Steal. My, me and Hannah's a tabletop criticism slash OC making podcast. Uh, and we are coming out in a few weeks with an episode of novel not new our narrative game club podcast on riven the sequel to mist that is its actual title i just it is riven the sequel i to just mist. i just started playing mist on the xbox it's neat but too hard <laughs> uh, um all right then <clears throat> Oh, i might just go also... watch the next episode of Oh right now honestly <laughs> You can support the show by going to patreon.com slash audio giving us money. Uh, for $1 a month, you get most of our other shows early, but not this one. We've never done this one early. Yeah, we just put this one um, out. When, kind of whenever yeah, that we're ready to make it, honestly. It's it's hard to schedule it sometimes, so we're, we're you know, we believe in the heart of the cards, mm-hmm. and we take whatever card we draw. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> 
But for $5, you can get Pop Town Funk. Pop Town Funk is a premier Funko Pop podcast. We roll a random Funko Pop from the list of all Funko products. We watch whatever media it is, whether it's a movie. We, this time we, <clears throat> we read uh, Overwatch comics. And um, I have a cold today. That's why I'm clearing my throat so much, mm. in case you're wondering. Uh, that's a great time. And who knows what the next episode will be after that. It's a great podcast, but can you stop using that cover of Barack Obama singing uh, Uptown Funk? You already have the Kiara Takanashi <laughs> version. I don't know why you insist on using another version. <clears throat> I like to mix it up. Also, that one is a clean, like, 45 seconds. So it's a perfect podcast intro. Hmm. All right, then. Any, any last orders of business before we before we end Yu-Gi-Oh for this week? Um, no, I don't think so. We saw the detention duelist guy in this in these episodes. <laughs> we did. Uh, his hair not as spiky re- as I as I was ready no. for. Do you remember his name? <sighs> no. <laughs> me either <laughs> shit you can find out next time on attention duelists yeah. thank you for listening yeah and good night um, have you forgotten our sign off we needed a new one remember oh i didn't think i of don't a new have one. one though i didn't think of one either <laughs> uh Yu-Gi-Oh! <laughs> Yu-Gi-Oh! Yeah, exactly. Disappeared out of here It was time to pay my dues Never guessed that you'd be dressed In my clothes and in my shoes You couldn't wait to move right in If I were you, I'd be concerned Ain't no way you're gonna win Bet you didn't count on my return Thought you were so dumb You had it all under control Now enough is enough I'm gonna take back what you stole Keep it up, cause now I'm back For our plan to succeed, Kaiba must be taken out of the picture Permanently You'll never take me alive Seto Kaiba will bother us no more. <laughs> I'm not gonna give up Kaiba Corporation without a real fight. It's takeover time by me. I attack with the Blue Eyes White Dragon. Thought you were so dumb.